Hey, I'm Simone Fenton Jarvis. Um, I am a workplace consultant, and today I'm joined by Ali Khan, founder and co of Shape Global. Um, Shape are specialists in scientifically measuring all the factors that drive workplace productivity. So these podcasts are going to be a series of kind of 10, 15 minutes uh, conversations between an entrepreneur, a workplace evangelist, two good mates. Um, ultimately, we're sharing deeper insights on everything about the modern workplace from the work science and through a human centric lens as well, of course. So over the coming weeks, we'll delve deep into topics like culture, commitment, loyalty and relationships and figure out how they all play a central part in maintaining and flourish in a workplace that you know people want to go to and where they're going to flourish as people. So today we're going to start with toxicity. So, Ali, what's uh, what's happening on toxicity lands? All right, welcome everybody. Uh, it's good to be here. Thanks, Mel. So let's start with what the word toxic actually means. So it originated in the mid 1600s, and my notes here tell me that it's a Latin term, toxicus, which itself originated from the Greek word toxicon, and it means bow poison. So you know, if we think about um, things like classic toxic behaviors, gossiping, spreading rumors, backbiting, you know, these are classic poisonous type of um, type of behaviors. And the negative effect of, you know, these kind of activities, they're going to hurt people, it's going it is going to, it is going to damage people. If you get caught, it's going to be more than embarrassing as well. And it's one of those things where it also impacts people's mental health, causes stress. And of course, then you've got you know, the damage to the personal and the, and the professional uh, relationships as well. In fact, um, when we were doing some research, the team found that uh, this great Frontiers article in 2018 that said 14% of workplace coffee break chat is actually gossip. And 66% of general conversations about other colleagues. I, I know I've done it. Um, and, you know, you, you do have to pause yourself and think about it. There's another study here, Simone, by the Society for Human Resources Management that found 57% of people um, report leaving work feeling exhausted due to a toxic atmosphere. So clearly there's a strong link between toxicity and workplace productivity. Um, but let's get into a little bit more into why it actually happens. I mean, Simone, you're the, you're the human expert here. Why, why, do, why do human beings... Why do human be beings behave like this? Um, I think it's a mixture of, of things. Um, you go back to our, I guess, tribal thinking. We want to find a place where we belong. And I think part of this is people want to feel like they're connected to people. Um, and I think there's also that element of if we say it out loud and we're building them bonds with people, um, we're also almost feeling like we're reducing our frustration because we're venting it. Um, but we're not recognising the impact that that frustration and that venting actually has. Um, but I think the, the key thing is, is that it's that building that trust and like, you know, I feel like this. Does the person I'm speaking to also feel like this? Because if they do, they're like one of my tribe. I trust them because they feel the same way. And I think that's where a lot of it kind of comes from. Um, and I think as well, like they learn behaviours, you know, copying people. Um, just to legitimise, like, you know, 
what others are doing. And I guess there's that thing, isn't there, around if you're not joining in, then maybe you're being spoken about. So, yeah, there's a, yeah. There's a few different things. Um, but I guess other than the, the human experiences and the, the way of self-reporting in surveys and things, like what is the best way to measure toxicity and the impact of it? Because it, as them stats have just shown, it, it can be pretty brutal for an organisation. Yeah, thanks, Simone. So what, what we will be doing, folks, during the course of uh, these conversations is also getting into a little bit more about what we can do to measure these tangible and intangible kind of elements and factors that affect the workspace. When we think about toxicity, it does leave a trail. So, Simone, what we find is that actually the standardised kind of um, approach into using employee surveys is a good thing to do. You don't need to run out and go get a specialist survey in, you know, uh, in just this topic alone. A really good, well-designed, comprehensive survey is going to do the job really, really well. And what you need to look for is a survey that looks at measuring productivity because toxicity affects performance and productivity. That's a great place to start. In fact, when, when you think a little bit deeper, a number of companies we know are going to run towards, yeah, but we do a pulse survey. I'm I'm sorry, guys, but the five-minute pulse survey is just not going to give you the kind of detail you're looking for about um, why toxicity is happening and so forth. So look for one that includes the questions uh, around uh, understanding why toxicity is happening, where it's happening, and what you can then try to pinpoint, if you like, because uh, otherwise it becomes a it becomes too too large a problem to actually deal with. Um, if I look at my notes very quickly again, um, you know, what you're looking for is something that's got the scientific links and you need to make sure that it's something that is asking questions around the observational and experiential aspects of what employees feel as well. So one of the questions, for example, that we've got in our own survey is um, whether people have felt, you know, the feeling of low levels of behaviour such as backstabbing, malicious gossip and hidden agendas. And that hidden agendas is, you know, one of the driving forces as well. And, and don't remember, uh, you know, sorry, don't forget rather the um, the, the importance of may, um, understanding toxicity, not just from one single person's perspective, but from multiple perspectives. So managers, um, department level teams and the whole company, all, all of that matters. So let's get a little bit more into how we can solve it now. So, Simone, what do you what do you think on solutions uh, to, to this? Yeah, I guess there's no quick and easy fix. I think it's a multiple um, a multiple kind of laid approach from depending on who you're speaking to. But I think, like, you know, let's let's break it down a little bit. If you look at toxicity, it's going to be both internal and external. So internally, it might be something that's going on inside yourself it might be you know your insecurity for example that you're then reflecting on somebody else um it could be that you just need to take stock of yourself have that self-awareness and go hang on i'm being toxic um so if we recognize it understand it name it we can then start to resolve it um and then i think externally you know what's happening around you because it spreads you know like the poison it's um it, it only takes one person and everybody latches onto it because it's that tribal thinking um, and it's, it's it's obviously bad. Um, so I guess the, them largely, them behaviours of other people, 
um, what is the culture of the organisation? You know, the culture is the behaviours that are happening when people are not watching. It's certainly not the the vinyls that are stuck up on the walls. Um, so, you know, then poor leadership behaviours as well, like role modelling, gossiping, blaming. You know, if a leader is finger pointing, that's also a toxic behaviour. So it's it's all these things that build a picture of what's going on in an organisation. Um, so I think as an individual, there's a few different things that we can do. And it's crucial to say that we can all play a part in this and we can all play a part in changing it as well. So from a, um, I guess the, that main culture bit really is what can we do as that individual? And I think the first thing is, you know, that self-awareness bit. If you're struggling to be um, understanding your feelings, uh, your relationships, I definitely advocate for a, a mentor or a coach um you know having that almost that lens that you're assuming that the person you're talking about or talking to they've got a positive intent so it's not about them being a bad person it might just be the way that they're behaving um, and it's about the behavior not the person as an individual so how can we encourage the positive ways to actually resolve the thing the niggle and actually nine times out of ten when you speak to somebody they're very happy to take that feedback on board because they also don't want to be the person that is making things um, irritating or not as effective or to be creating this tension. Um, so the, the crucial bit is that how that feedback is given, you know, remembering it's about the situation, not the person. Um, and we have to commit to positive change. And it is difficult, difficult conversations. Um, but I think, you know, use Brene Brown, who's obviously an absolute legend uh, within all of these things. And she says, you know, vulnerability is the most accurate kind of measure of change. So with that in mind, the thing that she says is you can choose courage or you can choose comfort, but you can't choose both. So if we're vulnerable enough to to be courageous and go, right, we need to tackle this difficult conversation. And I think that's what we we all need to practice. Um, you know, and I guess there's so many things we can do from a team manager point of view. What what do you what do you think managers should be doing? Oh, um, good question. Sorry, I was so immersed in what you you were saying there. It, it caught me off guard. So, Simone, I think I'd like to add something to that first. You know that point you made about having a mentor, having a coach? I think that if you look around you and you don't have a person who is somebody that you can look up to, um, then you should really take stock of are you around the right kind of environment, the right kind of people. I have this great, um, you know, relationship with um, with a senior manager that I work with in in one of the uh, the clients I have, and he is just exemplary. You know, his his response is he's always rising above these things, and he's always giving me that calmness. That think about what you're about to say, and 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 pause. Don't react. You know, um, uh, respond, and. And, and I think that's a really good thing to actually understand that around you, you need that influencing factor. Um, there's, a, there's a great um, two-minute video. You can look it up. Simon Sinek talks about performance versus trust and how the Navy SEALs, you know, want to work with people ultimately in part of their team. Uh, and I won't give the punchline away here. It's definitely worth looking up. Um, but, you know, as, as people, we crave trust. And we would happily sacrifice performance for that trust so i think there's something that there that, that plays and, and and i guess that links into your question about you know what would uh, what can managers do about this 
Well, look, if you look at the literature, you look at these really, really good articles. The first thing they tell you at the top is get rid of them. Look, that's one way of doing it, sure. You shouldn't let them in the first place. Look out for that. So, yes, there's a lot of those. But let, let's think about once you're in the organisation, you've got the people around you. Well, the first thing is responsibility. It is not just up to the CEO and the leadership of a business to actually demonstrate that it's their responsibility to eradicate or put a stamp out or try to try to call out, you know, uh, this, this awful behaviour. Managers can play their part as well. And in fact, if, um, if we think about it, managers really are the living, breathing owners of the culture. They are the guardians of the culture. If they start to let that go, it will start to spread. So if you ever see inside of an organisation, you've got to ask yourself the question, does the manager know? And if they do know, do they care? Um, and if they don't know, <laughs> then you think they're better at being, being good managers. I just grabbed this right because it's really interesting. I did a video early on this and it was about the neighbor's eels. So I thought this is perfect. This is not scripted at all. So calm is contagious is the, the thing in the daily stoic for today. And it's basically talking about how leaders should take a breath, not tell people not to worry, which I, if you go over to my video, you'll see how I had positives and negatives on that. But it's all about how leaders can't be the agitator, the paranoid, the worrier, or the irrational, and that we need to be the calm, not the liability, and it will catch on. So it's all about how calm is contagious. So I thought that was a, an interesting point. So <laughs> it, it, it is interesting. If you look at the fuel of what drives toxicity, it is very much top down. And I, we've all been around people who have been in a senior position where they've been given that license because of performance. But that's the whole point of what Simon Sinek also says, that you don't want to yeah. trade. It's not a fair trade, guys. So so if you're doing that, you know, rethink that. Um, actually, you know, it takes bravery to call this stuff out. And if you're, if you're not doing that, then again, as a business, what kind of message are you sending out to your employees? Um, I think the other thing that we, we we should look at is you mentioned it really well is to measure culture, but also to measure personal work ethic. Personal work ethic plays a lot into this. I'll latch on to what somebody else says because actually, yes, it's easier to partake in a negative conversation than actually to be the person that says, "But hold on a minute, guys, I don't think this is really conducive to what we're trying to achieve here." Um, you know, we're not saying to people be goody two, good, be, you know, goody two shoes here or. Um, or anything like that. But what we are saying is that make wise choices. And, and as a manager, you have that responsibility. So if it's happening in your team as a manager, call people aside, have a one-to-one -one with them, understand what the root cause of the issue is and what you'll probably find as an underlying that negative kind of commentary and verbalization of, of the of the things that they're feeling openly is 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 really a core issue that you can usually you know help help them out with. And if it's really, really embedded inside your team, look out for outside help. You know, bring somebody who's a specialist, bring them in. And in fact, one of the one of the, one of the companies I know quite well, they um, they they use role play really effectively to really get that point across. This is not going to you know, be a good, good place to work. Um, now look, we're nearly over time because we got a little bit excited, but let let's bring it to a conclusion. So, what 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 we need to think about when we're thinking about um, toxicity is it is a cancer. It's going to hurt. And so if you want that toxic-free workplace, start by understanding the factors that cause it. Don't focus on just the who, but also get into more about 
um, why it's happening and what makes it worse. And then also go to the next step of thinking about who can play a part to contribute towards stemming it and, uh, and, and making sure you stamp it out. Be comprehensive in your measurement capability. So think about factors like measuring culture, personal work ethic, and psychological safety, relationships, uh, and, and policies as well. You know, do you have the, the strength in policies as well? So they all need measuring. And imagine if you could link them and correlate them to how much they contribute or, um, um, you know, pause and stop toxicity from happening in the first place. So thank you very much for listening to me. Um, over to you, Simone, to uh, take us to a close. Yeah, thanks, guys. Um, so, yeah, you can find the resources um, that we've mentioned on our LinkedIn page. Um, make sure you subscribe uh, to our Shape Your Work channel um, across multiple channels um, and you'll get alerts on our podcasts and all the other things that we're talking workplace. Um, just follow us on social in general. We, uh, we're regular posters. So uh, reach out. It'd be great to chat some more. Um, and if you've got any thoughts around future podcast episodes as well, just reach out. Thanks, guys.